We're holding Kufman Malaf Amidalaf by the Mishnah. We were discussing different things regarding uh, straw. I guess that's how we're coming into this Mishnah. We started off with sorting, then we got involved with um, with uh, with uh, clearing. Uh, since we spoke about animal food, sorting animal foods, we spoke about clearing straw from in front of animals. And now we're talking about straw regarding the idea of muktzah. Straw typically is animal food, but it's, uh, depending on what uh, quality it is, it could be dry, mixed with thorns, and then it's it's basically fuel for the fire. And therefore it's muktzah and shamus. I mean, probably not with thorns, probably just that it's dry. It's dry and it's not, it's not fit for animal food anymore. So they would use it sometimes as a bedding. But since typically it was not used for embedding, as long as it wasn't designated before Shabbos for embedding, it's muktz. So it says, Akash shall gabi amita. If one has straw on a bed, lo yinanenu biyodim. You're allowed to sleep on it because mukti you're allowed to sleep on. But just the fact that it was spread out on the bed doesn't mean that you're planning to sleep on it. The fact that it's spread out on the bed could have been just a surface that you're, you found that you could store it in. And therefore, you're not allowed to move it around with your hands. You could only move it around with your body. Because any mukti you're allowed to move around as long as it's not directly with your palms, with the front of your hand. So you're allowed to move it around, just lie down on it, on it and move it around. If it was fit for animal consumption, and therefore it's not muktzah. If before Shabbos already, he put on it a blanket, a, a sheet, or a pillow, so then he had shown, he did an action which proved that it's intended for sleeping, for bedding. Then, it's not muktzah. If it's animal food, it's not muktzah. And if it was designated before Shabbos for a bed, it's not muktzah. Fine. Mach shel bali a press, a clothing press. A house, from the, a regular that you believe to have in their house, and they would press their clothing after laundering, after washing it. Matirin, you're allowed to open it up because you're opening it up in order to put on those clothes on Shabbos. You may not close this press because there's no use for Shabbos in that. But if it was from a professional laundromat, you're, you're not allowed to open it up. doesn't mean literally don't touch it. You're allowed to touch anything as long as you're not moving it. But don't even open it up because since it's so tight, Therefore, it's like destructing. If you're, if you're gonna if you're gonna take it apart on Shabbos, it's like you're destroying something, and therefore it's not allowed on Shabbos. If an erev Shabbos it was already undone, it wasn't the, 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 the pegs weren't in this press. Then you may take it, you may open it up and take out the clothing because although it's a it's a press of a laundromat, which typically would be very firm and therefore would be a problem of undoing, 
But since in this particular case, that's not the case, in this particular case, it was it was loose enough that you're able to open it up, then it's not a problem. Okay. Now that we're speaking about muktzah and about moving muktzah in an indirect way, so we're going to quote over here something which we brought earlier in the Gemara. Amar Nachman. It said in those days, in order to store vegetables, a typical way of storing it was in the ground. So high fugla, if one has radish, and he has stored it in the ground to, to maintain its freshness. If it was upside down and the wide part of the radish was exposed, and therefore in order to, 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 to use it, you just pick it up from the wide part, and then you take it out. You're not moving any earth by removing it. Surely then you're allowed to remove it. If the top part is on the top and the bottom part is on the bottom, which the top part is narrow, it's like a thin thing coming out, then in order to pull it out, you're pulling it out, but you're moving the ground with it. Also, it's not allowed. Although we're talking about soft earth you know, that you're able to store things in. And there's no issue of plowing over here. You're not going to plant anything over there, etc. The problem is that you're moving the earth, and earth is muktzah. In the yeshiva, we have learned that we have a Mishnah clearly disproving the Nachman statement. The Mishnah says, Hakash shall gabi amito. If you have straw on a bed, lo yinanenu biyodi, you may not move it with your hands because it's muktzah. But you're allowed to move it with the rest of your body. But if it was animal food, they showed up kari sodin, or it had a pillow or a sheet, you're allowed to move it with your hands. So that the last part is not what's relevant to be here. The point is that you're allowed to move it with your body. From this we hear an unusual way of moving things around. Is not called moving things around and therefore it's not considered mukta. Although it's different, tiltum and atzad would typically mean you're pulling it out with your hand, but you're not trying to lift the sand. You're lifting it and automatically the sand will fall off. So that's one type of tiltum and atzad. You have no intention for it, you're not holding it directly, it falls off immediately. Or another type is that you're moving it with the rest of your body, not with your, not with the front of your hand. So the Gemara treats it all the same, and therefore from our Mishnah we see that you're allowed to move around Mukta with the rest of your body. And if you're allowed to move around Mukta in an indirect way, such as pulling out the radish, although you're moving while you're pulling it out, you're moving off the sand. Now, Dr. Paskins, uh, that this applies also that you that this does not mean that you're allowed to move around mukta with uh, with a fork, with a knife, with something else in your hand, because that's considered an extension of your hand since you're moving that directly. Here, that you're pu- pulling out the radish, you're not trying to move the sand; you're just pulling out the radish. The sand's lifting up and then falling off, and that was totally not the intention. Therefore, it's allowed. But any other indirect moving of an object, if, it, if the indirect way is by something you're holding in your hand, it's called a yadaruka, a long hand, and therefore that's not allowed. Only here this is allowed. Other places can say differently, but that's what Alter Repas
Fine. Now, since we spoke about doing things unusual, so we're going to say something a big chiddush, but also about doing things unusual. Amar of Yehuda. Honey pilpili, peppers, black pepper. Maydak chado chado. You want to crush them one by one, one ball by, by, at a time. Bekata de sakino with the handle of the knife. Surely that's allowed. Tarti, two at a time. Also, it is not allowed. Why are you allowed? Because it's a shinu. Now, we know that any shinu is not allowed for Isidori Raisa. We're talking about uh, grinding. Grinding is Isidori Raisa. So the term that's used in the, in the Paiskim is that it's a shinui gadol. A big, a great difference. It's not just you're using, I guess, instead of a pestle and mortar, you're using a knife, but you're using the back of the knife. Not just using the, 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 the back of the knife as in the, not such a, the, the part that's not so sharp. Rather, using the handle. It's like very, very, very unusual, and therefore it's allowed. The Rav Amar, no, Kavan the Mishani, once you're doing it in such an unusual way, Afilo Tuvanami, no matter how many uh, how many bowls of, of black pepper you're crushing, it doesn't make a difference. It's, it's so unusual that it's totally allowed. That's the Allah. That's the Allah that it's allowed since it's so unusual. Okay? Since you mentioned Rav Yehuda, or since you mentioned different things, I don't know, it's, I guess since you mentioned Rav Yehuda, because it's not directly connected to the idea of doing anything different. Amr of Yehuda. Man de sochi b'mayim. One who washes himself in the river. Not swimming, because swimming in the river is not allowed, but washing yourself in the river is halachically allowed. And in it says that the minig was later, in later generations, not to wash yourself in cold water and Shabbos, because you might come to squeeze you here. And we didn't apply that to mikveh, but that's a separate thing. But halachically, you're allowed to wash yourself in cold water. However, it's in the river, and in the river, the river and the river bank are both carmelices. They're both open areas that you don't have a large, a large mass of people walking down over there, but it's a, it's an open place that, that everyone could use that has no walls around. So you're not allowed to carry things over there more than four amas. Now, when you went to wash yourself, the water that you have on you is there on you willingly. And it's an object, and you're not allowed to carry it for more than four amas. And therefore, man, the sochi, the mighty one who washes himself in water in the river, ling gave nafshebereshed, he must wipe himself first, and then go out of the river. Dilma, not just he's not allowed to carry it for four amas, he should wipe himself in the river. Dilma may be asila suya daladamis, he might come to carry it for Amis, for Carmelis and the Carmelis. Says the Gemara, if there's a problem of moving things for Amis and the Carmelis, if that's the case, Kikanochis, when he's entering the river or the ocean, whatever it is, Nami also, Kadachi koichi daladamis, automatically by going in, he's pushing the water. And as a result, there's water moving more than daladamis. So why is that not a problem? The Asir, that should be forbidden. Answers the Gemara, no. If we're talking about something indirect, that is no gzera by a Karmelis. By a Karmelis, since it's indirect, they say it's not a problem. So therefore, to go into the, into the river, the ocean, and to wash yourself wouldn't be a problem. The whole problem is 
only to only in uh, o- only if you're walking out of the of the sea and you're going on this on the on the, on the beach or you're going on the on the river bank there there's a problem of carrying it for Amos. that's why if, you, if someone's stuck in a place and he goes to the mikvah in such a place you should go two together one of them has this towel around him The thing that is a problem. Hello. When you go to the, if you want to table in the in the ocean, in the sea, in the river, you have to have two people walking together. One person has a towel around them, and then you pass the towel to each other before you leave, before you go out, in order to wipe yourself first from all dripping water. You shouldn't be carrying it. Fine. Amar Abayi, vi tamer of Yehuda, tit shal gabi ragli. Okay, so that's a separate, totally separate thing. 
If one has mud on his foot, on his shoe, mekan bekarka, you could wipe it off on the ground. Don't wipe it on the wall, because if you wipe it on the wall, then it looks like you're putting cement on the wall as if you're building. Amarava says, Rav, my time the Why shouldn't you wipe it on the wall? Because it looks like you're building. This is a, a uh, um, exact translation. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a cheap way of building with this type of mud. It's like a, a, um, a building they, they build in the, in, in the fields. It's not, it's not a proper building. And therefore, why should it look like you're building? Elam, I remember the other way around. You could wipe it off on the wall. There's no problem. It doesn't look like you're building. On the ground, don't wipe it. Dilma, maybe you'll come to smoothen the ditches in the ground. You have mud on your foot and you smooth, you're, you're wiping it on the ground. If it happens to be that you smooth the ditch, it's not a problem because that was not your intention and it didn't have to be. But we're afraid maybe you'll intend that. Maybe you're gonna want you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna uh, rub it on the floor and you're gonna want to smooth in the ground. Eat mar we learned marbury that Avino Amar Echodze Vechodze also they're both not allowed. Rav Popo Amar Rav Popo says Echodze Vechodze Muta they both are allowed. Okay, so we have four opinions over here. Now, actually, in the Poiskim, three of them. Accorded la halacha. In other words, there's three opinions in the poiskim: whether you should only wipe it on the wall, whether you shouldn't wipe it on either in the wall or the floor or the ground, or you can wipe it on both. And the halacha is you're allowed to wipe it on both because when there's a machlekes on the rabban and you follow the lenient opinion. However, there's a it's a praiseworthy thing not to wipe it on the earth, but you can wipe it on a wall because there's much more opinions which say that on the wall is not a problem. Says the Gemara, Lemar Bnei the Ravina, which says you cannot wipe it at all, not on the wall, not on the earth. So what should you do? What are you going to wipe it with? You going to walk into shul with the with the dirty shoes? Answers the Gemara, Mekan You could wipe it on a on a beam, on a wooden beam. Wood is not a problem. You don't build a wooden uh, anything with wood with mud. Only if it's made out of uh, stones, out of bricks, then you would use mud. Uh, then would use cement, but if you if you're, you just have a log, you're not going to use any cement on it. You're not going to use any mud on it, and therefore it's not a problem. Fine. Amarova, another thing. If someone has a mova in alleyway, which as we said, you could make you could make it permitted to carry over there. If right next to the front entrance, which is you know there's only three walls, and the front entrance is totally open. But you have one pole on the side that's a lechi, and then, then you're allowed to carry in this movie in this alley. Now he's telling you a good eight, so not eight, so Xavier, not to stand right by the entrance, right by the lechi. Why? Because since there's no roof, and therefore uh, you, you might, it doesn't look, the alley and the street outside of it don't look so different. 
Dilma maybe migandrule chayfetz an object will roll out into the street. Vasilasuyi might bring it back inside. Fine. Ve'amarov Another thing, do not take a barrel and straighten it on the ground to make sure it stands straight. You're going to see it's not standing straight. You're going to smoothen the ground under it, and that's not and that's not allowed. And therefore, and therefore, you should uh, you shouldn't do this on champs. A person should not stuff, udra, cloth, the pumo de shisha, in the opening of a jug. You have a jug that you pour out oil or wine from it, and you want to keep it closed. So you want to put it like a cloth inside. So you're not allowed to wine. Dilma maybe also Since you want that liquid, if you're gonna st- if you stick in tight this cloth. You might stuff it until whatever liquid was absorbed in it will drip back into the jug, and you're definitely interested in it. And that's mamashayisur. Mamashayisur is very nice. Fine. Amanavkan, tit shalgabi bigdu. If one has dirt on his clothing, and it became, I guess it became dry. Well, no, it didn't become dry. It's 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 still moist. If it's dry. It can be a problem of grinding, unless it's just a mark left on the clothing. No, it's not like a, a thick piece; it's just a mark of it left on the clothing. So either if it's if it's still fresh, or if it's dry but it's not thick, it won't release actual crumb, visible crumbs. It's just like a mark on the clothing. So mechaske soyu bifnim. You want to rub it? So you're allowed to rub it because you're not washing it with water. You're just uh, rubbing it dryly. Uh, so it's not an issue of washing, but it looks like washing. Because typically, when you when you do laundry, you, you wet the clothing and then you rub it. So if someone sees you taking a, clo- a clothing and rubbing it, two sides, one, one side to the other, they think that you're laundering the clothing. And therefore, you should only rub it with the flame. In other words, turn it inside out where the stain isn't visible. And there, rub it. So people see you rubbing a clothing and they don't see a stain, they don't think you're washing it. They think you just, I don't know what, it's too hard and you want to soften it. Don't rub it from the outside where the stain is visible and then everyone knows that you're trying to clean the stain and then they might think that you made it wet and now you're washing it with, with, with while, now you're rubbing it while it's wet, which is proper malabing, a proper issue, a proper issue if that would be the case. Fine. May we have a Braisa contradicting the statement. It says like this: Tit shall min oli. If you have mud on your shoe, megare begavasakin. Rub it off on the back side of the knife, not the sharp side, so it's not going to smoothen down the shoe. It's just going to remove the mud. Bishal bigdoi. If you have a, a mud on your clothing, you could scratch it off with your nail. But don't rub one side to the other. My love, it seems to be. You may not rub it at all. He says, no, lie. 
Don't rub it outside where the stain is visible. Only from the inside where the stain is invisible. And this all is the halacha. If you have a stain on your clothing, you're allowed to scratch it. As long as there's no visible crumbs falling off, or as long as it's still wet, so there's no crumbs coming out, wet it could be a problem. Wet, wet, you're not allowed to scratch. Wet, let me, let me go back a bit. If it's wet, it could be a problem, another problem, the problem of schita. If it's little, if it's really wet, it has moisture that got absorbed in the clothing, then to rub it, if there's anything going to be released from the clothing, it's a problem of schita. It could, uh, you're only allowed to rub it off if it's it's still fresh, but there's no actual moisture of it that got absorbed in the in your clothing. Then you could you could scratch it off or rub it from the inside, or if it's dry and it only left a mark. It's generally like a thick piece, leave a thick piece of mud, rather left like a mark, no height to it. So then you're allowed to scratch it off with your nail. You're allowed to rub it off as long as you you rub it off from the inside so the stain is invisible, but you cannot rub it from the outside. And for sure, you may not use any water. You're never allowed to use any water, even a drop of water to take off any dirt from your clothing. That's malabin, that's that's, that's, uh, bleaching. That's that's the the malach of malabin. And uh, the only time you are allowed to scratch it off without worrying that it's going to crumble, even if it's dry, is when it's something which used to be ground already. If you have food which was ground, a kishka, knedel, or something like that which fell onto your kapota and it became dry, so then it was ground already, so there's no issue of, of even if it's dry, to scratch it off, even if it turns into crumbs. Whereas if it's the potato of the chalm that fell or anything else like that, which was a solid piece, then it's a problem. Or even mud, although it was piece, it was sand, but it was never ground. It was just a naturally sand, and then and then uh, formed into mud, whatever it is. And then and then they came into your clothing. So then there will be a problem of grinding. So what did we learn today? We learned about straw. Straw could be edible for animals or not. If it's edible for animals, it's not muktzah. If it's not, then it's muktzah because it's typically designated for fire. However, if it's on the bed, so it depends. If it's just on the bed, it doesn't show that it was prepared before Shabbos was sleeping. And therefore, you only allowed to move it with the rest of your body other than the front of your hands. But if before Shabbos, you already put a simon on it that it's meant for sleeping, you made a you put a sheet or a pillow, then you're allowed to move it with your hands. It's not muktzah anymore. Then we spoke about the press. A, a, a press that you have at home and you're allowed to uh, undo it because it's not so tight to begin with and you can take the clothing for Shabbos you may not close it because it's not for Shabbos if it's a professional press then it's a problem of undoing as well because it's very firm unless you already undid, you took out the pegs before Shabbos, that's the Rabbi Huda's opinion that will be allowed now we're, we spoke about moving mixed muktza in an unusual way so the Mishnah spoke about the rest of your body. So the Gemara, the same would apply if you're pulling out a, muktza, a, a non-muktza and the muktza is on it and it's being raised and then falling off, that's fine. That's considered an unusual way of moving it, tiltum and atzad, and therefore it's fine. Unlike, not like what Nachman said. Then we said that shini sometimes, usually shini doesn't help for a malacha. It helps for muktza, but not for a malacha. But if it's extremely unusual, then it helps even for a malacha. For example, to crush... A pepper with the back of a knife. So that the, the Mara says it's a lot, even if you do a bunch of uh, uh, 
pepper balls, whatever it is, a bunch of them you've crushed, it's fine as long as you're doing it with the back of the knife. Then we spoke about washing yourself in water. You wash yourself in water, if it's in a caramel, it's in the, it's in the, it's in the sea, it's in a river. When you walk out, you're not allowed to walk out while you're wet. Because then you're going to carry, you might carry the water in the caramel is four hours. When you're going in the river, in the sea, and you're moving the water, it's not a problem. Because it's not direct. It's koicho. It's a result of what you did. But if you walk out, you're actually carrying it on you. So that's a problem. So you must wipe yourself before you leave the river or the sea. Before you come to dry land, you must wipe yourself. Then we spoke about if you have mud on your shoe. So there's different opinions. Uh, Abayah said that you should only only rub it on the on the earth and not on the not on the wall. And that is dismissed from Allah. because Rabbi said if anything, it's more of issue on the floor on the earth than on the wall. The wall it looks like you're building. Who builds with such mud? It's not it's not a typical thing. On the floor and the earth, you might come to smooth in the ground. Uh, but then there was uh, Rabbi that said it's always fine. Marbe Ravina said it's always not fine, and therefore you could only rub it, you could only clean it on, on a log of wood. And the Allah has three opinions, and we're makal, but it's good to be machmer not to rub it on the earth, rather to rub it on a wall, or obviously on a log is fine. Now you shouldn't put a barrel on the ground because you might come to smoothen the ground, it should stay, it should stay straight. You should not stuff a jug with cloth because it's going to be it's absorbed with the liquid of that jug and when he's squeezing it in it's dripping back in and you're interested in that you're happy in that so you're doing schita which is like dosh like mefarik you're removing the liquid which is absorbed in the cloth back into the jug and that's a problem and that's a problem then we spoke about since we spoke about the mud and the shoe so speaking about mud and your clothing that you're not to scratch it off with your nail you're allowed, you're allowed to rub it, but you cannot rub it when the stain is visible because then people will think that you put some water over there and therefore rub it in the, in the way that the stain is invisible and then it's fine. And we mentioned in my heart that it's only in the case that there's no actual crumbs falling off unless the stain came from something which was ground before. Otherwise, if it's crumbs falling off, it's a problem. If it's fresh, you have to be aware that there shouldn't be any liquid that got absorbed in the clothing, because then rubbing it uh, will be a problem because you're squeezing out the liquid. But otherwise, you're not to scratch it or rub it, but it has to be inside out. In other words, that the stain is invisible while you're rubbing it. Ah, 